Welcome to this week's Green Side Up. This is Richard Henschel, Horticulture Advisor for the University of Illinois Extension Service. And this week I wanted to talk about what's going on between the soil temps and the soil moisture levels that we're having in our in our yards and in the home landscape. Uh, the, the first one I'll talk about moisture and, and that's really easy. Uh, no one is reporting, of all the reporting stations that track this, that we have an issue with moisture, meaning we have ample moisture for good spring growth and hope we can hope that we can expect that to, to remain so. We really haven't had any spring rains yet, so to speak. So um, as they finally show up here, we will continue to have ample water in the soil, in the, in certainly in the upper 12 inches of the soil profile, and that will, be, that will be good for germinating vegetable seeds and flower seeds. That will be good for spring growth from our flowering trees, shrubs, and evergreens, and should be... <clears throat> should be very adequate for um, our, our spring bulbs. So that's um, the good news out of today. Um, other interesting things that I've been tracking here this past week with the, with the bit of changing weather we're having is that about what's going on with our soil temperatures. And there are a number of sites that uh, uh, have reported a quite a a wide array of uh, information. For example, some of the sites dealing with commercial agriculture where they measure the soil temperatures at about four inches below the soil surface, those temperatures have consistently been averaging right now only in the 40s. Uh, other sites that uh, address uh, soil temperatures at say two inches underneath the soil uh, that's been kind of all over the board, but let me just say as of April 12, uh, today, um, the five-year average for soil temperature has still been only 50.2 degrees, and uh, a very recent uh, average uh, in the last five days, uh, today being April 12th and back up five days, uh, the soil temperature has really only averaged 36 degrees and so you can see this dramatic uh, dramatic shift or dramatic changes in the soil temperatures as we as we are finding them based on uh, where they're recorded uh, most of these figures came from the St. Charles uh, Sycamore Sugar Grove kind of area so it's reasonably local so it's been it's been interesting to see how these numbers fluctuate daily um, and against what they've been the past five days and say the five-year average. So it's been quite a, quite a roller coaster ride, as you might guess right now. Uh, the best things I can share is it's still way too early, way too cold to put down anything that we might consider as a crabgrass preventer or other uh, broadleaf or annual grass preventer type materials. Um, we just don't have the temperatures. The soil temperatures uh, need to remain uh, in the upper inch to inch and a half uh, on a consistent basis, well into the mid-50s uh, consistently for five to seven days before we're probably okay to be putting down crabgrass preventer. The other indicator that we usually go for, and there's uh, there, I think all the bets are off this year given the kind of spring weather we've had so far is, a lot of times you will hear kind of farmer almanac kind of things and old adages and two of them that I will share that at this point certainly could only be guidelines this year would be uh, you can put down your crab grass preventer when you see forsythia in bloom 
and the other uh, one that's out there is you can put down your preventer when you see the oak leaves the size of a mouse ear. So I'll uh, leave that up to you to decide how you're going to make that determination. Uh, at least it's easier to see that forsythia is in bloom. Yet varying various kinds of forsythia do have a slightly different bloom cycle. So if you can ever figure it out for this forsythia in your yard, I, I guess you have a have a green light. But the safer bet is to really try to track soil temperatures and and uh, and go accordingly. Uh, as you can as you might guess around your home landscape, especially if you have protected areas like on the south or west side of your home, the soils will eventually warm up and stay consistently warm enough uh, a week or more, perhaps uh, sooner than the rest of the majority of your yard. So just uh, plan accordingly when you're thinking about when it might be time to put down crabgrass preventer. That's the chemical way to do it. Of course, um, I would encourage everyone to uh, find out why you're getting crabgrass and not good good uh, turf grass growth, so maybe fixing a cultural issue there might uh, get you to the point where you don't have to put down a crabgrass preventer at all. Um, in terms of gardening and those vegetable seeds I talked about and or some of the early transplants, uh, those very cold tolerant hardy vegetables that we talk about, those that will withstand uh, a light freeze and a heavy frost, uh, those whenever the weather warms up adequately that we can do that, those will still be the first crops you're going to be sowing or putting in as transplants. So just uh, um, right now it's a, a wait and see kind of game. Um, a lot of times um, in, in terms of when we plant things, uh, you're driving around, you'll see the commercial agricultural folks out there the farmer out there beginning to plant corn, um, that's kind of a signal that it's okay for us to begin doing things because uh, their temperatures have to be in the low to mid 50s typically as well to get things started. So that's something to keep in mind as well as you're uh, watching and looking and waiting to plant things in your yard. Monitor what the farmers are doing. Um, check out the check out the forsythia. Check out the uh, oak leaves, but the best bet again is a soil thermometer and uh, getting that soil temperature uh, right where it needs to be before I'd uh, put out any, especially put out any crabgrass preventer this year. Um, it's going to just continue to be a wild ride, I think, before we before we get into a routine, that is, before Mother Nature finally settles in and we begin to have some consistent weather. And uh, the other part of that is if we're thinking out uh, trying to do a little personal forecasting as to uh, what the weather is going to do and then when do we expect, say, insects and diseases to show up. Just remember that insects, they're going to show up when there's something for them to feed upon. So uh, you, you won't get some of these insects in your yard until there's ample food source. And then on the disease front, Typically, uh, in the spring of the year, our, our issues are going to be with those diseases that are known for uh, bringing us trouble during the cool, wet spring rains when the, when the temperatures are still cool, when there's ample moisture, especially on over, uh, that hangs around overnight. That's when we're likely to get some of these diseases. Later on in the summer, we'll get those that like the hot and humid weather. Uh, and then they really seem to disappear when we finally get hot and dry. 
uh, and then they may uh, recycle back in in the fall of the year when we start to get cool moisture times again. So uh, the weather is going to be a real, uh, a, a real let's wait and see kind of adventure this year. So I guess hang on to your gardening hat. Uh, this has been Richard Henschel with this week's Green Side Up. Always a pleasure. I'll be back again next week.